everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. In general, healthcare providers should know all about the power of vaccines and their effects among individuals with compromised immune systems. However, there has been minimal evaluation of the safety of live virus vaccines among patients receiving biologic therapies who may be immunocompromised. To shed light on vaccination among patients who are immunocompromised, like those with rheumatoid arthritis or other rheumatic diseases, Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Kevin Winthrop, who is a professor of infectious diseases and public health at the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Winthrop. To start, can you give us an overview about why vaccinations are important for patients with rheumatic diseases? Sure. It's a great question. Vaccinations are important for everyone, both children and adults, and particularly people at higher risk than others in terms of being more likely to have certain vaccine-preventable infections or having a higher risk of morbidity and mortality associated with those infections. So that really leads us to you know, high-risk groups like immunosuppressed. So, so most patients in rheumatology, not all, but most of them are immunosuppressed either by their disease or by the disease-modifying drugs that are being used to treat their disease. You know, risk varies according to infection. It varies according to the immunosuppressive agents being used. But suffice it to say, most of those patients are in a high-risk group. It is a group that, that we like to talk about and, and really target as one where we can make a big impact by preventing infections through vaccination. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are some challenges associated with vaccination and rheumatic disease management? Yeah, so one of the biggest challenges to vaccination isn't unique to the setting of rheumatology. It's really, you know, it's really a global challenge, which is to to deliver vaccines to the people who need them most, or at least get them to to take them or accept them. You know, certainly high risk groups overall have tend to have higher acceptance rates or vaccination rates than the general population, but but they're still low. For example, with influenza, I mean, most years, people who are at high risk for influenza and in, in complications due to influenza, only about 40% of those people uh, end up getting vaccinated annually. Similarly for pneumococcal vaccination, I mean, the, the percentage of people adequately vaccinated is, is low among high-risk populations. It's higher than influenza. It's maybe 60, 70%, something like that but it's not where it should be. I mean, we should be getting, you know, 80, 90 uh, plus percent of those types of people vaccinated. So that's a big challenge. And, and part of that is systematic issue, you know, questions of who, who's doing the vaccination. Is it, is it the primary care doctor? Is it the rheumatologist? Is it the pharmacist? So issues of communication between the specialists and between the patients and those, those physicians or uh, providers like the pharmacist, that, that can be confusing or a barrier in some cases. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the rheumatologists driving uh, the vaccinations for their patients for a couple of reasons. A, they're, they're really in tune with it. B, they, they know their immunosuppressive drugs when they're using them, which ones might present a contraindication to the vaccine, which ones might affect the immunogenicity or efficacy of the vaccine. So, um, so I, I think for them, you know, the, the timing of the vaccination, it's, it's really 
they're in the driver's seat there the the most likely to to best understand that so so i i you know favor that um model where where the rheumatologist really takes control of the vaccination schedule uh, or you know or making sure someone gets vaccinated and that they could either do it themselves or of course you know, send a note to the primary care doc saying, hey, it, it'd be good to, to vaccinate this person uh, now against XYZ or in two months against XYZ. So I, I think, you know, that that's some of the barriers. Sometimes it's cost. You know, some of the vaccines aren't fully reimbursed uh, or patients are slightly out of the age group where the vaccine's paid for, for example. Sometimes that can be a barrier. And then, you know, lastly, I would just say, you know, there's there's often fears of side effects, which are largely unwarranted. I mean, there are certainly some side effects, but almost all of them are mild and and rare, you know, severe side effects are very, very rare and, you know, shouldn't be a barrier to vaccination. I think perceptions of efficacy also, lastly, I guess on my list of barriers is, is that, you know, sometimes people think the vaccines don't work very well. Sometimes they're right vaccines uh, some work better than others and and then you know to be honest in a lot of cases or most cases we don't have good efficacy data so we have we have immunogenicity data for most of the vaccines in terms of how how well they build the immune response to a certain antigen but in the end all we really care about the efficacy and we don't often have that you know if we had better studies showing efficacy it might be easier to to convince patients to receive the vaccine mm-hmm. absolutely so do you think there are ever any instances where a rheumatologist should not follow a vaccination schedule? Well, I, I think for adults, it's not really a schedule per se. I mean, really, that's a pediatric concern where, you know, kids are supposed to get certain vaccines at certain ages. I mean, for adults, it's, you know, there is some of that, you know, when you hit 50, you're eligible for a shingles vaccine, for example. But in general, most of the adult vaccinations aren't really on a schedule, per se. I think what's really important for the rheumatologist is to understand, you know, how their their DMARDs are affecting the vaccine. So, you know, for example, I saw a lady in rituximab last week, and she was five days before her next infusion. Uh, so it had been just about six months. So, I, you know, I gave her a vaccine. I gave her a pneumococcal vaccine that day and an influenza vaccine. and I you know, had the rheumatologist push out her rituximab another two weeks so so that she had adequate time to build immunity to those vaccines. And, you know, I, that's important. Had she gotten those vaccines a month from now, you know, really after her rituximab administration, the vaccines probably would have done nothing. So, you know, paying attention to those, those timing issues, I think, is really important, particularly with rituximab and sometimes also with other drugs like methotrexate. There are other specific examples out there, but the bottom line is uh, that's why we need research around these drugs and how they affect vaccine response, number one. And we have some of that, but we could have more. And number two, that's why, uh, again, rheumatologists tend to be up on that information and are probably best suited to, to figure out when the best time is to vaccinate their patients. Great. And what would you say rheumatologists need to know about vaccinations for people with rheumatic diseases, especially in 2020. Are there any take-home messages? Like I said before, I, I think rheumatologists really need to know uh, which vaccines are indicated for their patients and and when the optimal time to give them is. And you know how to handle their DMARD uh, around the time of vaccination if, if needed. So th- there are specific things there. You know, rituximab annihilates 
humoral vaccine responses. So, you know, the farther away you are from rituximab, the better with your vaccinations. Um, there's a few studies suggesting the methotrexate being held for two weeks assists in influenza uh, vaccine response. So that's a strategy that, that could be uh, considered. There are lots of studies underway to evaluate that idea with other vaccines. And there's a whole moving target in the whole area of shingles prevention, which is of, of high interest to rheumatologists, given the, the high risk of shingles uh, that many of their patients have. There's a new vaccine out. There's multiple studies being uh, started to evaluate the new vaccine. So I think in 2020, there will be some data towards the end of the year. And in 2021, uh, a lot more data that will hopefully guide the timing of that new vaccine, you know, when's the best time to do it, how effective it is, are there any safety concerns, et cetera. I mean, we're just lacking data. So I think in the next year or two, that's going to be exciting. And, you know, shingles prevention is really a moving target at this point. But I, I think that's something to look forward to as a rheumatologist. You know, we, we need more research. And we don't have a lot of studies on involving the, the response or the efficacy of vaccines in general outside of influenza and pneumococcal vaccines and a little bit of shingles data, shingles vaccine data. So, I mean, there, there's really, you know, the opportunity to study a wide range of vaccinations. A lot of these other vaccines are travel vaccines or kind of niche vaccines and not, you know, widely applicable like pneumococcal or influenza vaccine. But we do need more study with some of the other vaccines. And, and you know, as all these new DMARDs and new mechanisms of actions come out, we, we need to continue to invest in studying how they affect our regular vaccines like influenza and pneumococcal, et cetera. We'll eventually also have new vaccines out like the shingles vaccine I was speaking of that, that we'll have to, again, invest in, in understanding. So I guess that's my last message, one for uh, needed research so we can educate docs and patients about the best way to do these things and to convince them to do them. And without, without the research, it, it's hard to do that. So that would be my, my last pitch. Great. Thank you again so much for speaking with me today and sharing your insight. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope this has been helpful. Um, this is Kevin Winthrop from Portland, Oregon. It's sunny. It's beautiful. And we are thinking about uh, vaccinations all the time. And I hope you will too. Cheers.